0: Today's message was recorded live at the Middletown Seventh-day Adventist Church of Louisville, Kentucky, a safe environment where people relationships become kingdom relationships. Find us online at www.FriendlyChurch.com. Happy Sabbath again, everyone. I am happy to be here and sharing the Word of God with you today uh I've been blessed by the music. Thank you ladies. thank you, Tracy, for leading faithfully every Sabbath. Thank you the ohms family i don't know I, I wish you could see how uh Lou is playing from the back his bass guitar that's that's really good that's really good you gotta become creative. well, we gotta do some of these things when we all get together again, you know. I, uh, oh, when we all get together, what a day of rejoicing that will be, right? Looking forward for that, looking forward for that. And I hope and pray that it will come soon. Uh, The title of my sermon today is, uh, if I turn this on, is New Normal, Who Decides? It's very important, so I'm going to bow my head and invite you to bow your heads once again that invite the Lord to lead us in this spiritual conversation Lord um, we've worshipped and praised you so far in our service today and as we come about to open your word to have you teach us about the days that we live in and the importance of things that we ought to consider I pray that you will open our hearts and minds And help us to see the truth. And Lord, please give us some practical application for us as we go about our lives these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Charles Eisenstein said this. We sense that normal isn't coming back. That we are being born into a new normal. A new kind of society. A new relationship to the earth. A new experience of being human. I don't know about you, but I feel the same way like him. And uh, I am increasingly tired of the way we live life now. Uh, You may have heard of Zoom fatigue. Yeah, sometimes I get... I get days when I spend over six hours on Zoom. And the fact that we watch people's faces and some are just sound, our brain makes double, triple, quadruple effort to concentrate and to make it happen through meetings. And when you have multiple meetings, that's hard. Not only that, but you may have become proficient now at opening doors with your feet or turning the light off and on with your elbow? I look forward to getting back to normal. However, John Naughton, not John Newton, he's still from England, but his name is John Naughton, he said, He said this, when COVID-19 has done with us, what will be the new normal? There we are. In other words, when we are out of this crisis, what we're getting to is not back to normal, but going forward into a new normal. And media talks all over the place about this. Uh, A few days ago, um, a few days ago, uh, New York Times posted an article, and on the cover of that article was this picture. Uh, It is right in front of the city hall in Paris, France, and under the, uh, the, 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 the picture, the photographer wrote, alone at Paris city hall. The article written by Max Fischer is entitled, What Will Our New Normal Feel Like? Hints are beginning to emerge. Wow. MIT Sloan Management Review had an article earlier this month A long time until the economic new normal. Yeah, Mr. Benjamin Franklin needs to get his mask off, right? We need time for that. Well, Nicholas Eberstadt wrote an article for the National Bureau of Asian Research, and the title of his article was, The New Normal, Thoughts About the Shape of Things to Come in the Post-Pandemic World. Thoughts about the shape? Like, what is shaping up? Well, a few things are shaping up. CNN reports that America, America's new normal will be anything but ordinary. And things like staggered school days and smaller class sizes, disposable menus and masked servers, empty stadiums and concert halls. Tracking of location and personal information, that's scary. Changes at airports and limited, restricted travel. Did you know that there are apps that are being created so you will know where to sit and you know that a patient that had COVID-19 is far ahead of you in the same airplane? Face masks, an everyday accessory. What will be the new normal? We wonder. NPR already started a newsletter called The New Normal. My friends, we've been living life on the edge recently with changes happening every week and every day, literally. It is estimated that we've made changes at the rate of one week for ten years. In other words, as John Naughton says, we changed in one week what we would have changed in ten years. Rapid changes. At one point, we were living life no different than the people of Afghanistan. Life is very uncertain. We don't know how tomorrow is going to look like and we don't get enough news about today's changes. Now, speaking of changes, living life on planet Earth requires accepting changes as a part of life. But when everybody is talking about a new normal and no one knows how it's going to look like, that makes us uncomfortable. That's to say the list. And it raises a valid question. New normal? Who decides? Or take a look at this. Who decides? Right? I know you smile at this if you're speaking in English. It works only in English. English. But seriously, who decides about this new normal that no one knows about? Is the world head, uh, World Health Organization leader, the American president, the Kentucky Commonwealth governor? Who decides? Or should I ask, is there anyone we can trust who decides? Yes, it is. Definitely so. Otherwise, I would not be speaking here today. New normal. Who decides? The Word does. The Written Word and the Living Word of God. Why the Written Word of God? The Bible. By the way, if you if you never read the Bible or you don't believe it is the word of God, just stay with me for a little bit. Why the Bible? Because the Bible contains God's promises to us. And in the Bible, you will find God's promises concerning our world. God's promises are in the Bible. A promise is when God promises something to us. How many such promises we have in the Bible? Well, the word promise itself occurs about 50 times in the New King James Version of the Bible. According to one account, it comes from bibleinfo.com, uh, there are about 3,573 promises in the Bible according to the dictionary of the bible themes in gateway there are even more 5467 promises in the bible no matter how you take it there Thousands of promises in the Bible. The Bible opens with a promise and close with the promise. It's like book ends of the Bible. The first promise of the Bible says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, with capital S, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That's in Genesis 3, verse 15. And it talks about a savior. That's the seed. That will bruise the head of the devil. This promise was fulfilled in Luke 2, verse 7, Galatians 4, 4, Revelation 12, 5. And as I said, the promises in the Bible, they're like bookends for the Bible. They, uh, there are so many, but they're, they're uh, promises from the beginning to the end. The last promise in the Bible is found in Revelation 22, verse 20. He who testifies to this thing says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Wow. This one is the best yet to come. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. And we know that Jesus is coming soon because we recognize the times we live in by the prophecies about these days. Prophecies Jesus himself spoke about. In Matthew 24, we have Jesus on the Mount of Olives right before his crucifixion. He meets with his disciples and his disciples are concerned about what's going to come, what's going to happen. And he asked him, How is it going to be before you come? And you can read the entire chapter. I'm just going to deal with a couple of verses here. Verse 6 and 7 of Matthew 24. And you will hear of words, says Jesus, and rumors of words. See that you are not troubled. Why? For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. It is time of the end, but not the end of time. Not yet. Verse 7 For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Famines. 822 million people suffer from malnutrition, undernutrition, uh, nutrition, and hunger related diseases. And think about this 9 million people die each year from hunger and hunger related illnesses. Now, pestilences. What is a pestilence? I know it's more of a King James word. I know when I came to US, I was like, what is a pestilence? If you have that question here, it is. A pestilence is a fatal epidemic disease. Well, do I have to say anything about pestilence these days? (laughs) What we live is not even epidemic, it's pandemic. You know, pan comes from the Greek word pan, which means all. It's all over. Pandemic. Earthquakes. Oh, yes. Take a look at this graph. See that, how it increases? That starts in 1900 right there, and that's 2011. Who? Jesus said, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And the word sorrows that Jesus is using here, it means birth pains. When a baby is about to be born, the mother has these birth pains contractions which only intensify both in frequency and the duration, the closer they are to the birth of the child. If you take a closer look to this graph, that's another graph of natural disasters from uh, late uh, 1800s to our time. Yes, we've been living in the last days since late 1800s. The reality is that this sorrows, these natural catastrophes have intensified exponentially in the last 50 years or so. We're definitely getting closer and closer to the coming, to the second coming of our Lord Jesus. Amen. I love that. These natural signs tell us we're getting closer as well as the most famous Bible prophecy you'll ever see and that's Daniel 2. That's why all evangelists refer to it. Daniel chapter 2 prophecy. We have there the most famous of all. There is a pagan king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He has a dream. And he dreams of an image that represents a succession of world empires. And it ends with a stone striking down the image Representing that stone, represented the, the striking down the image, representing the second coming, and the stone building into a mountain represents God's kingdom when He comes. If you look at that Bible prophecy alone, Daniel two, you realize that the succession of the empires mentioned there has come to, pa- have, have come to pass. All have come and gone. We're living in the fifth. Oops, I meant to do something else, but I guess I missed it. Yeah, we're living we're living into the feet of that image. What did I do? Yes, there we are. Press the wrong button. Don't do that at home. <laughs> Indeed, we're getting closer and closer to Jesus' second coming with each and every day. So what's next? His coming. What's the new normal? Who decides the topic of the day? Well, due to the fact that the written word of God contains promises and prophecies that have been fulfilled to the very detail of them, the written Word of God speaks clearly what the new normal is. The Bible is also a guide in everyone's life, and it's a map for life. Did you know that the Bible has instructions on how to live, how and what to eat so that we stay healthy, how to dress so that we display God's beauty and represent His character. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 6, and that we have a double value in God's sight. See, first we were created, and we're not just created, but created in God's image. We are the the masterpiece of his creation. So that's one value, and then a double value: we have been redeemed. Paul says in First Corinthians 6:20, Did you not know that you've been bought with the price? The price of his only begotten Son. That's why God gave us this guide in life called the Bible. And he gave us the Bible as a map for our life. When we read the Bible, the Bible tells us the end of the game, the end of the story, the end of the history. The Bible, through prophecies fulfilled and unfulfilled yet, tells us what will be the outcome of life on earth. And certainly, it presents us with a new normal What's this new normal? The Bible, as the written Word of God, presents us the living Word of God. The Word that was with God from the beginning. the beginning. The Word that was with God from the beginning and was the same with God. And it is God and His name is Jesus. See, Jesus came into the world Not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when we speak about a new normal and ask the question, who decides? The answer is, this word decides. His name is Jesus. So you may ask, well, why does Jesus decide the new normal? Well, let's answer that question. For several reasons. I can only name three. First, one, Jesus has authority. See, after preaching the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew recorded the reaction of those in Jesus' audience. And this is how they reacted to his sermon. They said, and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority. He was teaching and preaching with authority. Then Matthew chapter 8, it's kind of like the hall of fame of Jesus' authority on earth. In this chapter, we have Jesus healing all types of diseases. People felt powerless in the face of these diseases, these illnesses. And and, and, and Jesus heals them. Jesus heals sickness and disease. Jesus also is calming a storm that night. He has authority over nature. And He even has authority beyond our natural order... By the end of the chapter, he has authority over spiritual order when he liberates a demon-possessed man possessed by thousands of demons. And And he heals the demoniac with only one word. He said, go to the legions of demons. And they went into that herd of swine. Wow. Jesus has authority. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all reported on Jesus' authority. Now, where did he get his authority? Jesus testifies himself. In Matthew 28 18, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This authority that Jesus has comes directly from the Father. So, who decides? With so much authority, Jesus does. Jesus not only has authority, he has the title. He is entitled. John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus has the title as God. Colossians 2, 9 says, In Him dwells all the fullness of Godhead. No one has seen God at any time, John says. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And then a few chapters later, John seventeen three, And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So God the Father sent God the Son into the world. Why? To live and to die. The only two possibilities, and Jesus accomplished them both and even more. See, Jesus lived an exemplary life. He is a model of living. He is an example. He was compassionate. He prayed day and night. He helped his earthly father in his his wood shop. He loved everyone. Never sinned against anyone. Never hurt anyone. And he eventually ended up dying the most shameful death for his time, crucified on the cross. And if that would have been the end of the story, it would have been a a remarkable life. But Jesus is not in the grave. He is risen. That's why Jesus has authority. You know, speaking of a new normal, who decides? Jesus decides. He has authority. He has the title of God. He is God. And Jesus decides because He lived. He lived the new normal. See, we used to think and speak of Jesus as being radical. But today, I want to challenge you, to challenge your thinking. And instead of looking at Jesus as radical, we need to look at him as normal. Instead of viewing his teachings teachings as being outside of the box, we might look at Jesus as normal, and we are the radicals. We do that based on what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. The teaching from the Apostle Paul could be used to say we can have our view of Jesus backwards. He says, from now on, he's indicated that there 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 needs to be a change in our thinking about Jesus. I like how NIV puts it. We regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once regarded Christ from a human point of view, we regard regard Him no longer from that human point of view. So when Paul says... In the next verse, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, a new creature. The old order has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when Christ comes into our lives, there needs to be a reordering of how we look at everything in life through Him. In other words, we need to get Jesus' eyes Jesus' lenses and filter the world through his eyes. David Platt, uh, a pastor who wrote many motivational books, he said this, Too often we describe Jesus as radical, but really he was normal. Somebody else said, In a sense... Jesus was a sane man a sane man that entered an insane world. We have our view of Jesus backwards my friends. He is often described as a radical preacher's write books about living radical like Jesus, but he is normal. We are not. And Jesus calls us to be normal like him in the sermon on the mount Jesus said Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That's normal. Perfect means whole and complete. Our goal is to seek for our lives to be like Christ and see that as normal, not as radical goal, not as a super spiritual goal only a few can reach. Do you know? Do you want to know? What is not normal. Well, Paul describes that as well and he does a very good job at it. Romans 7:15. He says, "I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do." My friends, that's us. There are teachings from Jesus's life that are supposed to be a norm for us. But we resist in doing, that, in doing them. New normal? How about the normal life of Jesus? What about prayer life? Praying not to us, but to communicate with our Creator. Prayer for the sake of conversation with God. Could that be your new normal? How about forgiving others? Forgiving not with the intention to earn someone's favor or to obtain any benefit. How about forgiving people just because your Heavenly Father also forgave you? Could that be your new normal? See, Jesus' new normal is not new at all. It was normal for Adam and Eve to live a sinless life, and it will be normal for the saved to live a sinless life in heaven. It was normal for Adam and Eve to talk and converse with God just as parents talk with their children. So it will be normal in heaven. It was normal for Adam and Eve to walk with God in the cool of the evening in the Garden of Eden, and it will be normal. To walk with God in heaven. The challenge for you and me these days is not about the new normal. Jesus decided that from the foundation of the world. What if, when this crisis is over, and not just when this crisis is over, what if beginning this afternoon we become true Christians? No masks. No hiding who you are, but really authentic followers of Christ. What if, beginning tonight, the world will be inspired and motivated and transformed by our presence at work, at school, in the marketplace, wherever we are? What if the new normal for this world will be for the first time to witness the normal life in Christ of Christ in your life and my life? What if? Are you up for that challenge? I know I am. May the Lord bless our decision today. Amen.